May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. On the last night of his life, Jesus gathers his closest followers and friends to convey what is most important to him. It's kind of like his last words, but actually the night begins with an action. As John tells the story, during supper, Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his outer robe, and ties a towel around himself. Then he pours water into a basin and begins to wash the disciples' feet. Afterwards, he says to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. On his last night, Jesus shows his closest followers and us that he is among us as one who serves. And furthermore, he is an example. And as the night goes on, he will say things like, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He will say, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He will say, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Love. Once a lawyer challenged Jesus, asking Jesus which commandment is the greatest. And Jesus drew his answer from the sacred text of his tradition, from Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything hangs on the commandment to love. All scriptures, all creeds, all teachings, all actions. The presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, Michael Curry, says, If it's not about love, it's not about God. On his last night, with no time or words to waste, Jesus tells his followers the most important thing, love one another. And then Jesus shows us how love looks. As he's dying on the cross, he will say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Nobody apologized first. Nobody said, I'm sorry. Nobody made their private confession. Nobody pulled out their book of common prayer and their kneeler and prayed the general confession. This is undeserved forgiveness. This is unearned, unmerited grace. This is unconditional love. Love without conditions. This is not transactional. It's all gift. And it's for all people. 
That is the good news, the gospel that Jesus calls his followers to proclaim and embody. Art Goolsby, deacon and servant, believed in this gospel. It informed his service to those on the margins of society, his striving for a just world, and his calling the church's attention to the needs, concerns, and hopes of the world. The bishop who ordained Art to the sacred order of deacons, my predecessor, Wallace Ole, he used to make the distinction between priests and deacons with an image, a particular image. Bishop Ole said that priests tend to do in-house ministry, but deacons do outhouse ministry. <laughs> deacons point the church out beyond the walls, so to speak. Deacons wash feet. To be clear, Art was more than an ordained deacon of the church. He was devoted to his family, to Linda and Austin and Robin and Aiden and Addison and Emmett. So he was a husband and a father and a grandfather and more. It's an extended family. He was a Marine, a political activist, a lawyer, a businessman, an associate of a monastery, a practitioner of contemplative prayer. It is my impression that his life was quite a ride, and a ride for Linda, too. She's remarked that she had seven different husbands, all the same man. <laughs> now I want to take a moment to say something about Art's practice of prayer, centering prayer. Bear with me, I think you'll see why. Centering prayer is a practice of letting go. One sits in silence for 20 minutes, and as thoughts arise, let the thoughts go. We tend to be pretty attached to our thoughts, but rather than hanging on to these attachments, let the thoughts go and be present to God, who is present already. And those who practice being present to God tend to be present to the person or the persons in front of them, like Art Goolsby was present to us. You knew you had his full attention. You knew he was not thinking of his list of things to do or his list of people to see. You knew he was not looking past you to something or someone more important. You were the one who was important to Art. Art used to say, sometimes it doesn't feel like this centering prayer is doing much for me. I'm not sure it's working, but other people can tell when I'm practicing it and when I'm not. Art practiced letting go of thoughts and, and attachments for years. So Art was not troubled by death. His heart was not troubled. He had some colorful language about the process of dying, but not death itself. He believed that all of life is a gift, including the next life, and that life is changed at death, not ended. And besides, 
He was more concerned about changing this world than getting into the next world. He was confident in God's love. I'm mindful of a collection of essays written by a theologian long ago, a professor at our seminary in Austin, John Knox. These reflections written, these reflections are are written after the age of 80. In one particular essay, Professor Knox reflects that he has just returned from the memorial service of of a dear friend, and he wondered briefly, is this the end? Does she now live only in our memories of her or in the continuing influences of her life? And he answers his own question, how can it be that something so beautifully wrought and bearing in itself the very image of its maker should have been made only to be destroyed? He says, I refuse and find it impossible to believe it can be so. For all the apparently wasteful extravagance of his creation, I cannot believe that God is so prodigal of his dearest treasures as not to have even now my beloved friend safely in his keeping. Thanks be to God for unmerited grace and unconditional love. Thanks be to God that art even now is safely in God's keeping. And thanks be to God for the gift of life, especially for the life made known to us in and through God's faithful servant, Art Goolsby.